The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75 two-time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer. And just before we started recording, a man who was in the Bay Area, San Francisco, Tony Casillas, TC, what up? You know, it's kind of like watching uh, Lamar Jackson last night. He was like an alien from another planet. So I figured that I would just touch the buttons on, you know, when we do our broadcast. <laughs> so I went from... An alien, I had green colors on on my jacket, which is green, which is blue. That part of it, the front of it was green. And then I went to San Francisco. So maybe I'm just having one to relapse. The bottom line is that when I start getting on, when we start a broadcast and I start clicking buttons, there's no telling where I'm going to go. But uh, um, nevertheless, so- I'm right here in living color, hopefully. <laughs> If you're watching us on YouTube and you can watch all of our podcasts on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, as well as listen on all major podcast platforms, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Also, go subscribe to the Tony Casilla Show. Tony's a hardworking man. Thank you. Uh, but if you're watching us, uh, you can see that Tony's wearing kind of a, kind of like a track jacket um, and, and like your your torso area. Yeah, it's is, a hoodie, uh, it's, but it's yeah. got this different trim. It's got blue on the, on the front. Uh, you know, it's like the, it'd be like a, a vest, okay? Right. It's vest, and then I got the sleeve that are gray right well so the and it's like a neon blue that, that you're the, the mid portion of your jacket is and so when you fired up zoom which is how we record welcome to 2020 um you had like some sort of green screen effect on and so there was a football field on your i thought you were just like a, a you know like really really missing the game you know what i mean and so and then you went to San Francisco, and I thought you were getting yeah. in the mood for this week's game for the Cowboys. I mean, so uh, that's a good point. I should have went with that. <laughs> um, but it was a it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, it's it's so strange how like before you know the, the last nine months people used to like scoff like oh you don't know how to handle technology and now they're like now everybody's super forgiving right like now everybody's like oh it's okay like you know um actually uh last week i interviewed darren woodson and i mm-hmm. asked him your question and, and he swears he didn't cuss at the defensive lineman uh and, and i interviewed nice job, by the way i think he did a great job and i love his uh, reaction 
He's well, flat so out, he's flat out lying about that. <laughs> I, I think he is. Um, but I interviewed Demarcus Ware as well, and you can watch both those on our YouTube channel also. And before the D Ware interview, um, the person setting up the Zoom call didn't know how to do it, and so Demarcus was literally <laughs> walking them through it. It was it was so strange for me to just be sitting there and watch Demarcus Ware teach this dude how to adjust Zoom and all the settings, and so. Uh, but that's that's life in 2020. Tony, you mentioned it uh, before we get into the Cowboys game. Uh, Lamar Jackson on Monday Night Football, one of the more incredible games we've seen in some time. I'll ask you this. You've been there. You've been in an NFL game, many of them. Do you believe that Lamar Jackson had cramps? That That's the story that, that he's selling, or do you think what Twitter thinks? Well, let me just tell you this. I For a guy that's had cramps – and, and had to go to the locker room and take an IV. Um, it just depends how long you get the fluids in. And, and the guy was running all night long. I mean, it was just tremendous performance by him. And I don't know if it's something, and I, I think it's a theory, maybe he tested positive for COVID. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't well, know. Well, he had what, tested positive, right. Yeah. And so I have not, you know, it's 9 o'clock, and I have 9.15 our time on Tuesday, and we're recording, so I haven't got on Twitter but I, I thought it was unusual for someone to lead the game and not be out. I think he left right before halftime. Or right, was it? It was in the, the third, third quarter. quarter. Yeah, I'm trying to think the, the, the time of events. But uh, to the point about that, I, I question the same thing. I'm thinking, okay, if you, I know how long it takes because they put these big gauge needles in you, RJ, about the size of my finger if you're watching our show on YouTube. And I got to – Got one in the middle. It's really big, but I'm not going to hold that up to the little obscene. Uh, but I just know that you can get those floats in super, super fast. Sure. And I was just surprised that it took so long. I mean, we're talking maybe 30 minutes. I mean, probably 15, 10 minutes at max to get IVs in you to get out and play. And especially if you're Lamar Jackson. Sure. The guy that's like he's leading the team and just doing all this crazy supernatural thing. So – I thought about that. I'm not for sure, but uh, the way it ended, the drama, I mean, it was like a, it was a movie. I mean, it just had everything, you know, Baker oh, yeah. Mayfield and then coming back and, you know, it was a slugfest, the physicality of it. And then you have Lamar Jackson basically rising from the dead and coming out and taking his team down. Not only did he take his team down and score, but ultimately at the end of the game, I mean, it was just – and then Hollywood Brown, he he caught a finally caught a pass. So I don't know. I, I it just it's just the legacy of Lamar Jackson that keeps living. I mean, my gosh, it's crazy. Um, so Tony, I I realize that I I am probably on Twitter too much. I think my family and friends would agree, right? Um, and and we we agree that I'm on Twitter far more than you are. So it sounds like you did not see the conspiracy theory floating around. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to cherish this moment because I get to tell you what Twitter was talking about. This this was like you know when Twitter is is in a conversation and everybody's talking about the same thing. This was this was that. Um, so Monday Night Football showed the clip of Lamar Jackson hobbling to the locker room. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm very curious because I've never been there, so I don't know what it's like. Um, but a lot of people, Tony, think that Lamar Jackson had to go relieve himself. And that was why he was out of the game. Um, and so this became like a big joke on Twitter. And so, I mean, look, I, I again, I've never played in the NFL, so I'm curious, like, 
it's a long game. I imagine you have to use the bathroom. Like that that has that has surely happened at some point either to you or like a teammate's. I'm sure you've seen it at some level. Somebody had to use the bathroom during a game. So whether that happened to Lamar Jackson or not, it would certainly be funnier if it did and that was part of the story and then he came back and did everything that he did. But what happens? Like how how does that work in the NFL if you like what is what happens there? I'm so fascinated by this. Well, to the conspiracy that maybe he tested, and look, I, I, I this is full disclosure. I've not read any social media. I didn't after the game. I watched the game, and I went and end up watching The Bachelorette with my wife on. Nice. Uh, you know, so we, we recorded, so I went in there, and I got off social media. So I didn't know that conspiracy of that. I just thought, well, you know, maybe. It sounds crazy, but the guy was gone for a long time. Like maybe because the passed. way he was so running. That, yeah, was... yeah, yeah. It's my conspiracy. Like look like he's. But to the point about using the bathroom, you have to go number one. I mean, you just go on the sideline. And I've done it. I've done it in my pants before. I mean, we've had guys do it. My and that's number one. Okay, when you're going sure. number one. Now, if you got to go number two, and it's probably t- TMI, too much information. But this is what you get on the seven five zero. Of you course, get the perspective of someone that actually is peed in his pants or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but so you go to the bathroom, obviously you run off the field. Um, but now, you know, look, they got that little curtain. Blue tent. The blue oh. tent. So maybe, why wouldn't you just go in the blue tent? I mean, if you had to really go like, uh, you had to go pee pee. I mean, I think <laughs> if you had to go, I mean, I'm just saying, why wouldn't sure, you just go no, in the blue tent? I mean, but it was like close, it, you know, what? It, it wasn't, they weren't on the field. Like I'll go in and use the bathroom real quick and whatever I had, maybe he had, I don't know, maybe he had the, you know, diarrhea. I don't know, but it took a long time. And so I don't know. It, I, I mean, if the guy went to the restroom, I don't think it would take that long for you to relieve yourself. You go in and take care of business unless you have an upset stomach. I get that. And that's one thing. Trust me. I've seen guys, the end zone copy of watching the game and a guy actually, when you know went number two all over yourself and all you can see in that end zone copy when you're watching the film right sideline is when they're running you know you see the sideline angle of the game that we see sure. on tv but that's not a pretty sight when a guy's uh you know goes all over himself number two i've heard um that going you know when you've got to go number one going on yourself is an option right certainly and uh um, well hold again. up a towel somebody your boy if you ever see on the sideline there's guys holding up towels there's probably a guy I mean, it's pretty easy. Think about it. If you're a dude and you need to go to the restroom, you can pretty much go anywhere. Right. And so that makes sense. And like, especially if it's because you're you're hydrating throughout the game. Like, yeah. again, this is biology. Um, but I think like it, it was funny, like just Twitter enjoying the moment and then make oh, there were all sorts of jokes like holy crap and stuff like that. Um, but it, it does raise like an interesting question. You know what I mean? Because that surely has happened at one point or another. Like, so would, would it be, would it be like shocking beyond all belief to you if a player had to go back to the locker room? It just, I feel like maybe like that happens to the long snapper and it's just not seen, but the fact that it was Lamar Jackson, you know what I mean? Like he was, he was gone, you know, in such a critical moment. And so it was very obvious, but yeah, like I have to believe that some dude at one point in time has gone back to the bathroom because he had to use the restroom. Well, I think probably the th- the conspiracy or the, the you know, just the, the reason why I went to the locker room was because of cramps and you get an IV. And then, you know, I know this before a game, I used to drink a lot of coffee, RJ. So really? when you're co- and you're a coffee drinker and sometimes it upset, you know, turned your stomach. I mean, that's what I did. My whole deal was 
you know, four cups of coffee for the game and I'm getting amped up. Like so, in the locker room? Yeah, right for the, I mean, you go in and we have, yeah, I mean, there's coffee, whatever you need. I mean, for the game, guys get there. I used to get there four hours before the game and guys get there on a, take a Uber and I don't know, taxi now, maybe a first bus. But we used to get there before everyone, get in the locker room, you know, take it, you know, just to chill. I mean, guys used to leave like the, that night, it seemed like, to go to the stadium for a good game, just get there early. So while you're in there, you're, you know, I drink a lot of coffee. So, and then you get nervous and you're taking supplements. And so, yeah, that does happen. Yes, that's without so, a doubt. That's so interesting. Um, I, I've heard Mark. Well, it's Claire. not unusual for it. There's not enough. There's not, it's not unusual for a guy. No. But the quarterback who's like the, you know, the guy that's the reason why you're in the game is you're like, where the hell is he? Where's Lamar at? Right. Yeah. It was, yeah. you know, if, if he truly had cramps, the story is not as funny. The comeback is still as amazing, um, but it's just not as funny. Uh, but this this was like I, I can't recall a moment maybe in 2020 where my Twitter timeline was so unified in the hilarity of the moment. I mean, it was it was really, really, really interesting uh, to see how Twitter enjoyed this. Um, but it was a fantastic game. Um, shout out to the Ravens for getting the win. The Cleveland Browns obviously didn't. They will now be on Sunday Night Football. They were flexed in over the Cowboys, as, uh, as we know we talked about last week. Um, the Cowboys, Tony, getting the win. In Cincinnati, you know, maybe, you know, some people say that Cincinnati Skyline Chili is great. Maybe if you have a, a bowl of that, you know, you've got to pull a Lamar Jackson, you know, in your uh, your upcoming NFL game. Uh, were you impressed or were you just kind of like it's the Bengals with regards to Sunday's performance? I think I was more impressed at the fact that you got to wear your polo. I know you wear your winning polo. <laughs> so we've only seen that happen, what, four times this year? And that's not a whole lot. Um, and you, but uh Look, I think it was just what people were talking about, is that just finish the game, you know, finish with, uh, with some energy and some fight. And I think we want to we wanna see this team subconsciously uh, tank. And I don't think that's uh, going to be, you know, something that against a team like Cincinnati. And um, I, I really, first of all, if you turn the ball over the first three drives and you have a pretty good chance of winning the game, which that's what the Cincinnati Bengals did, essentially. Uh, they couldn't hold on the ball, and the Cowboys got a score off of it, scored, scored off turnovers. Um, but, I mean, I think there was, like, a lot of uh, – some different things. I thought that uh, – I thought their defense had to come back and shoot after watching Lamar Jackson play last night. I mean, the dude just – I mean, he's crazy. So, I mean, I, right. I think it doesn't sting as much after, you know, what they did against the Cowboys, the Ravens. But – I think just the fact that there were some guys that really played hard. I think Tyron Crawford finally got to see, got two sacks in the game. And I think uh, collectively, defensively, at the end of the fourth quarter, closing it out and, you know, only holding holding them to seven points. Offensively, I thought it was uh, – I thought Kellen Moore did a good job of calling the game. Um, and uh, I, I thought that, uh, you know, as a whole, the offensive line held pretty held up pretty well. I think Andy Dalton uh, was effective in the play action. But I think what my biggest point in the game, RJ, and I, I'm, I'm sure that maybe you talked about it in the postgame show, is that sometimes in a game like that, the thing that you're looking for, I don't care who you're playing for, you're looking for a bunch of dudes that, you know, are they going to quit on me? Are they going to mm -hmm. play with some energy, especially against an inept team? Uh, not in, but the Bengals, which lost their starting quarterback in Joe Burrow, 
And there was a lot of things going on for the Cowboys and just being able to finish out the game and play with the, uh, some damn energy. I think that's what I really admired and, and saw in the game that really was something that was a, really a good to see them do. So all of last week, um, effort was like the buzzword for the Cowboys, right? And, you know, where is the effort? Mike McCarthy had to address effort. I still believe, even though they won, the fact that Mike McCarthy, the fact that, the, the, you know, forget who the team is, the fact that a head coach had to address effort in the middle of December is terrifying. Um, even if you go beat the Bengals or not, that says, I think that says more about the players than it does the coaching staff, but you know, that's a, a whole different conversation. Um, so in that respect, I think it was impressive um, that this, this team didn't fold, you know, entirely just because we have seen them fold a lot. Um, they're a group that honestly kind of like likes to fold. And so um, they, they, you know, they, I, I think, I don't think the Cowboys are a good team. But good teams beat the crap out of bad teams. And the Cowboys beat the crap out of the Bengals. And so, you know, you can say it was the Bengals, whatever, but, you know, you're supposed to beat the crap out of them. And they did get lucky with the early turnovers, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. They capitalized on those things. Um, and so, you know, it, it's, it's hard to be disappointed in it, right? But it's also hard to feel, like, super incomplete and utter joy. It's just – it's a thing that happened. You know what I mean? It was, it was three hours that we spent watching football and – the result was kind of cool, and it worked out for those that do want the team to tank. The Chargers won, that the Eagles won, that the Cowboys draft position wasn't all too impacted. Um, but I don't know. It just – it felt like um, – it, it like – it, it felt like you ever eat oatmeal with like nothing in it. You know what I mean? Like just, just Never, plain. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Well, that's what it was like. It was, it was like, I, I have to eat this because it has nutrients for me to live like that. That was yeah. it. You know, like it was, it was just a, a plain Jane normal day at the office type thing. Well, I think for the Cowboys, it really wasn't because I think, as you just mentioned, Mike McCarthy, it's very, very easy for this team to just, pack it up and I think that we have seen that type of play during the season mm -hmm. and I think Mike McCarthy I think again I know that Jerry and I know Stephen Jones said his, his job is safe but I think some of the better coaches are able to motivate guys especially and try to give them a reason to play I mean that's really something that you look for and consider when they come back when conditions are better for this team next year but I mean, I've been on the, on both ends of the spectrum. And whenever you're getting, you know, you got three wins and you can see the, the offseason, I mean, it's really easy to like, okay, well, let's just get through these, you know, subconsciously, let's get through these next, this next month of games. But do you, um, do you ever I, start planning a vacation? Like, I mean, I don't mean that literally, but like, it, like you said, you've been on both ends of the spectrum. Have you ever, you know, when yeah. you're on a bad team said, okay, yeah, I got three weeks left, whatever. Um, but, but this off season, let's, let's, let's go to Cancun. Like did, did those Absolutely. thoughts ever creep in your mind? Absolutely. I, I, I played this very vividly when I was in Atlanta In Atlanta we're in back in the late eighties. And when I played in, the, in maybe 90, there was, it was a horrible franchise. And I had guys had a teammate of mine that, um, uh, you know, three more weeks until we get to heaven and heaven was the off season was we're going home. Uh, you know what they made the, uh, the analogy of guys have the moving trucks uh, running in the parking lot after the game, because they're trying to get out of Dodge exactly for, you know, right after the game and get back to where they live in the off season. So without a doubt, I think it's a little different with Dallas because there's an expectation factor, I guess, uh, to finish the season. There's so much expectations and there's so much buzz around it. Um, 
And I think the fact that and, and that you get flexed out in favor of, of the Giants and the Cleveland Browns, I don't know. I think the, there's a lot of things that go into that. And I always felt like if you find guys that are going to finish out the season under really horrible conditions because this has been one of those years, those are the guys you want to bring back. Those are the guys you, that you want on your team because when things are bad, man, you know how it is, RJ. You got to keep your head up and you got to plow through and you got to grind it out. And when things on the better days, when things are better, then it's like, okay, we we felt that. We've been through that. So we we've been through, gone through adversity. So I think without a doubt, those, those, there's a lot of question marks of guys coming back in the offseason. I mean, what guys are going to come back? I mean, are they do they do they fit into on this team next year? Uh, I mean, and so we're going to watch them really closely and see if they're the guys we want to bring back. And I mean, obviously, if they're making a ton of money, those guys are probably going to be immune to that, maybe. But yeah, I think you have to have that mentality that doesn't matter if we're winning or losing. I got a job to do, and I want to be the guy that is still trying when we're, you know, we only have three wins. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. So, um, shout out, I think like the the example, the shining example, Savion Smith, it was reported the dude broke his hand in the middle of this game and came yeah. back. Yeah. Um, and, and that like, to your point, like that's, it sounds like people like this sounds cliche and it sounds whatever, but like, that's what people want to see. That's what like coaches want to see that type of grit, you know, that type of determination, whatever you want to call it. Um, it, it is, it's, it's a week old news, but I do think it's relevant. I'm, I'm certainly curious for your opinion. Um, after the Cowboys got Molly whopped by the Ravens last Tuesday, or really while the game was going on, Troy, Troy obviously was very critical of the mm-hmm. Cowboys. And well, my first question is, would you agree? I think you do that Troy saying those things on the platform that he has and, and being who he is, is maybe the most impactful type of thing that can happen in that regard. I don't know that there's anybody associated in terms of having had an association with the Cowboys that, that can have, more impactful words in that regard than Troy. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I, the one thing I like about Troy is that he doesn't hold back. And I think that what he says resonates with that franchise. Unlike Emmett, unlike uh, Michael, those guys are just, I don't know if they're getting something, you know, greasing their hands or giving them something to say, to, to not uh, say negative things about the franchise. I mean, I've always had a lot of respect for Troy because He's not like, he's very objective and very opinionated. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really respect about him. And, and uh, I think as a broadcaster, I mean, he sees it just like everyone else. He sees it like I do And when you're watching a game. And, and so for him to obviously have the history, one of the greatest players ever, ever played for the Cowboys, three Super Bowl rings, Hall of Famer, and to really make an, a, a really um, very, to be objective and opinionated, and really just give what the state of the mind is. Because, look, I think that's the hardest thing is to say something about your team. But when you have a job to do, then 
I think you have to you call it the way you see it. And when you're not trying, when there's no effort, there's no energy, mm-hmm. uh, it's embarrassing, especially for a guy like Troy that played on, a, you know, in an era, arguably one of the, you know, the, the best uh, you know, decades of Cowboys or teams that's ever played. And to be around people that all they did was bust their ass. And to see that and watch it every week and week out, I mean, it's not just Troy watching the, watching the game and broadcasting and, 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 you know, trying to paint this picture. He watches film of the Cowboys all year long. So I'm sure he's seen a lot more and just really kind of dissected a lot more than a lot of people have. So he's probably seen more of that lack of effort. Yeah, I think um, so. Troy's comments came during the Tuesday night game in Baltimore, which was before the game had gotten flexed. And look, I mean, I'm not trying to say like all historic rivalries should be on prime time, but I I think it it was certainly ironic that this game, Cowboys Niners, which I mean, for anybody watching the show, over Tony's shoulder, he has one of the greatest moments in his career, hanging in his office, second Steve Young. That was like the thing, right? I mean, like like I don't. I don't mean this in in a, in the way it sounds, but like the 49ers were in y'all's heads, right? Like y'all y'all knew we have to beat the 49ers yeah. to sort of announce ourselves. The road goes through Candlestick at the right. time. That's where that that's yeah, it was through the 49ers. And and every Cowboys fan loves those memories. And so to see that rivalry relegated to to noon, you know, it's it's just it's it's not like the Cowboys Jaguars game got moved to noon. You know what I mean? Like it's the Cowboys 49ers. And so and yeah, and so the fact that that came after and and one of Troy's greatest moments, what was it, 896 F flat, whatever, I mean, came in San Francisco. That's the moment Norv Turner talked about. You've mentioned Norv a lot uh, in Troy's Hall of Fame induction as, as one of the greatest moments of his career. And so I don't know, it does feel and I think, you know, you've said you've joked before, like you hate to wear your Super Bowl ring because it ages you because, you know, the Cowboys <laughs> are whatever. But it it does it. And, and no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't <laughs> never get tired of wearing it. But yeah. No, 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 no. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It does. Age um, you. It's a joke. <laughs> um, like it, it feels like the the guys who who sort of ride for the brand, if you want to call it that your Dak Prescott, your Tyron Smith, whatever like with all those dudes gone, it just feels like, it feels like the JV squad, right? And it feels like all, you know, I imagine if I was y'all, Troy or you or whoever, I would feel like, man, we did so much for this group, for this brand. And now they're just, you know, they're just chilling. And it would, it would be disappointing. It would be frustrating. And so I I get all of it coming from all of you. You know, what's disappointing, RJ, is that uh, I went out and had lunch with a group of guys uh, a friend of mine owns a restaurant, took my son that was home for college and, and, um, and Chad Hennings was one of the guys there. And, and we're, we're talking, everyone always wants to say, well, what the hell's wrong with the Cowboys? I mean, that's like their first question. <laughs> and it's pretty simple. And I think this is really just what makes a lot of people, former players, uh, upset and really disappointed and, and just scratching their head is that it's, it's not so much of all just, just effort. It's a lot of technique. And I think when you point out the – and people don't look at it. When they look at the defense, it's a puzzle. you got the defensive line, you know, playing their gap, and linebackers supposed to stay in their gap. But there's so much undiscipline when it comes to that. And I don't know who to blame it on. And, and, and it's, it's really simple. Guys, you stay in your lane, all right? That's, that's all it is, stay in your lane. And when you get, you know, three or four cars in the same lane, then – 
you know, there's going to be a collision, but unfortunately the collision is going to be where those guys are supposed to be, where they have the open lane for the running back or wherever to go, you know, just gay, gouge them. And I think for me, that's the hardest thing when I watch this team because some of this stuff can be fixed. And I watched during the game, and look, Lamar Jackson is tremendous. And, and I think that if you look at what he did last night to the Cleveland Browns, I mean, he does it to everyone, but did it more to the Cowboys. But some of this stuff can be fixed. I mean, there's too many guys wanting to be undisciplined, go make a play. Well, all you got to do is stay in your, your gap and your responsibility, play responsibility football. And to me, with that and the lack of effort, yes, if you're going to be – if you're going to just uh, ole and you're going to just play, you know, free spirit football and you're going to try to go make a big play, you better go do that. But if you don't, that's when you get your ass chewed out. That's when you start affecting the team. And I see too much of that. It's just really simple, disciplined football. I think the shining example of your point is Jalen Smith, but that that does apply to a lot of players on the yeah, Cubs and it's just not Jalen. And look, right. I think that we a lot of people, and including ourselves on our show, but then when you go back and look at it, and and you see, it's just not Jalen. Jalen's yeah, you know, he's on. He was all right in Cincinnati too. He, yeah, he wasn't some, a problem. But, but you look at the defensive line; the guys are supposed to go underneath and you know to spill a. a a play and they go upfield and there's two guys. And so, yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of blame for everyone. It's um, it's so strange how like the win in Cincinnati is like, not even, you know, it's not even like a thing, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's like the, the talk, it's, it was just like a bump in the road, you know, a nice bump. Um, but you know, it, it wasn't anything that really, I feel like makes anybody, you know, yeah, we wore polos and that was cool. Um, but, it, there's there's and I think that's that's maybe the difference right um is is people's patience is so worn thin that it's like you know before it might have been okay cool yeah the Cowboys won a game awesome but now it's like nah man nah I'm, I'm not even like the the average fan is like I'm not even going to waste my time getting pumped about this because we're probably going to go get destroyed by San Francisco you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I think but it's it's kind of a band-aid for right now uh when they play San Francisco it just it's it's kind of what uh, you know what uh, the current status is and the current status you go to Cincinnati and you win a game and look I tell you what as a player it's a lot better to go back and to work the next yeah. day knowing that you won and I think maybe as a player and as an organization you got to use that and uh, again I mean you you're so like hearing so many things around you peripherally about all you know and social media and everything and you read that stuff. I mean, don't, don't kid yourself. I mean, it affects you. So it's kind of like, okay, let me just, let's get rid of that for one week. We don't want to hear that negativity. So, you know, for temporarily, it's something they put a band aid. Now, I don't know in San Francisco. I mean, who knows? I, I don't know who's going to show up. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't, I've seen San Francisco play their quarterback situation. Um, so I, I don't know. I just think now it's just look, let's just finish out the season and see where we stand after that. It does feel um, – you ever had, like, um, like a cup of coffee go, to, to go back to coffee? Like, like a cup of coffee go cold, and you're just like, well, I need the energy, and it tastes gross, but I, I'm just going to drink this. You know what I'm saying? I, like, drink, I, I never drink <laughs> cold coffee. I, 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 I cannot do it. It makes me sick. Well, but, but you you get the point, right? Because like you're like I need something I'm, desperate. I need something yeah, to get me through. I, right? I need yeah. the energy. Yeah. It went cold for whatever reason. Yeah. I got you know what I mean. Like it's the yeah. worst. 
and that's what the the rest of this feels like okay like it's it's just it's it's three weeks until the moving trucks like you said um and it's certainly i think i think they're one humiliation away from maybe a total tailspin i think you're right they, they kind of stopped the bleeding just a little bit as far mm -hmm. as like outward drama um right. but but on sunday morning it was reported that mike mccarthy was saved Stephen corroborated that, Jerry corroborated that in their Monday and Tuesday interviews on 105 Through the Fan. Um, but, you know, now Mike Nolan, there's, there's always a fall guy, right? There's always someone who all the blame is going to get pushed on. And not that Mike Nolan hasn't been very bad, but, like, it, it cannot be fun to be Mike Nolan walking around the star right now. You know, like, to your point, you know what's being said, you know what's being written, you know what's being talked about. Like, that cannot be a fun feeling. No, I think that that's a, that it's, there's a lot of pressure and you know, there's a lot of uptight people over there it hasn't worked with the players it's, you know three four four three hybrid defense i mean guys are just i really i don't like to see demarcus lawrence in an upstance i just don't think he's comfortable that way i mean there's too much responsibility there's having to read there's too many things that they're having to to read and i think you got to adjust with what you have rj i mean just because you know, just because Lamar Jackson, you know, you want to run the same offense they run, or even you look at the the Browns like, like last night with Baker Mayfield. I mean, sometimes you just got to have the personnel. If you don't have the personnel, you don't have the dogs, you don't have the people to to really uh, execute that, then you can't do that. And I think for Mike Nolan to not – and look, we'll, let's, let's give him a hall pass, all right? There was no offseason because of pandemic. Sure. And so let's give him the benefit of the doubt. And, but still, you learn. It doesn't take you that long to figure out that I can't run that type of defense that I used to run, okay? This is the personnel we have, and we got to adjust to it. So I think there's a little bit of everything. But, yeah, certainly, as you said, there's going to be a couple of scapegoats out there, with, with, without a doubt. Do you think we've seen them – we've seen one game from them, uh, mm -hmm. but next week the Cowboys host the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you think Jalen Hurts' Eagles can beat the Cowboys? Yeah, I think I think that the I, I think this I think when you have someone that creates some energy for you, mm. that gives you some hope, that and, and it's really contagious. I mean, I talk about this all the time. When you play with your hair on fire, you got guys around you that are busting their ass. Look your feet off that, right? It's just like it, it, it's like if you and I come on here and do this broadcast, and you know sometimes I can be moody, and you're like, dang, what? What's wrong with you, Tony? I mean, it just you don't have you the drink chemistry. cold coffee. Yeah, you don't have chemistry. So it's the same thing with your your teammates, man, and you know people around you. And God bless Carson Wentz. I don't know what the hell happened to him. I don't know if it's a, the system, but you know, I think Jalen Hurts gives you some opportunities to extend plays. And you know, with with uh, you know with Carson Wentz, I think his his uh, his spirits has been crushed, man. I don't know. If, and, and I think Jalen Hurts is enough. And if their defense, if their defense plays the way they did against the Saints, um, man, I don't – I mean, I, that doesn't I – mean, I, that's – to me, I think that's a no-brainer question. Hell, anybody could beat the Cowboys. I see I, – I think – so I think everybody listening answered the question the same way you did, right, and said, of course – I, th I think the it's just it sucks. It's just sad. Like next week is Cowboys Eagles week and it's going to be it's like going to be nothing. You know, it's there's going to be no juice to it. You know what I mean? Like even it doesn't if have to be, but because it isn't it's, it is an arch rival opponent. It is a team that you don't like that 
you know, maybe we can put a little, put a little uh, Christmas spirit in uh, in the mix if we go out and beat, you know, the the Eagles. That would that be a nice Christmas present for everyone? Well, so it depends how you look at that because the the team tank people, <laughs> right? The Cowboys are now as, as we talk on Tuesday morning. The Cowboys are sitting at at the five spot. They have the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft. If they beat the Eagles. That changes, right? <laughs> like, and so, it's but like, I mean, whatever. think about it. But, but RJ, is that going to be that? Uh, when you look at the besides quarterback, when you get later, you know, latter part of the draft, if you're drafting five to ten, is it really going to change that much for you when you look at what's available? It, if you're not certainly... looking for a quarterback, or you're trying to trade up, or whatever, I mean, you can use that or look at that. But I don't really think that unless you're, you know, the worst team in the National Football League, then I, I don't think, think it really means a lot. I don't think it's life or death, right? Like, I don't think you yeah. freak out if you go from the fifth overall pick to, like, the ninth pick, right? Like, I don't think that's, like, the world isn't over. But, I mean, like, so, like in principle, of course, like, that's like saying, you know, well, I want the highest possible pick. It's like, yeah, I want the highest possible salary. I, you know what I mean? I want the best possible thing all the time. You know what I mean? Duh. Um, but, I mean, I, I do think there's merit to – a winning culture to, to beating a division rival. Like, you know, I, I think that there's, there's a value to that, that that can't necessarily be quantified. And so if the, you know, like, like the Ravens, not that this is the same, but that was not an ordinary win for the Ravens. Right. Like, and, and we'll see what the Ravens become over the rest of the season. If, if they do make it into the playoffs and, and they do, you know, kind of make some hay there, but that, that is a galvanizing type of experience and not that beating the Eagles would be that same thing, but Mike McCarthy dramatically – like, M Mike McCarthy's job over the offseason is to make, like, the best sandwich we've ever had in our lives, right? And right now, all he's got is, like, ham and bread. You know what I mean? Like, a, a win against the Eagles is, like, you know, some lettuce and tomato. You know what I mean? And then, like, you know, the win against Cincinnati was, like, some avocado. You know what I mean? And so, like, mm -hmm. you, we need as many different ingredients as possible to build off of to make – you know, because I, I do think – I don't know. And you, you tell me if, if I, I, I've people, I think people put too much stock into like what goes into free agency. Like they look at the Cowboys. Like I think free agency more often than not comes down to who's going to pay me the most. But um, the, the Cowboys brand it has, has, you know, lost some shine a little bit. And I think if, if Michael McCarthy's team is this group that's viewed as this disaster, whatever you want to call it, then arbitrary free agent x is just that little bit less likely or less inclined to join the cowboys because that that happens that's why everybody wants to go play for the chiefs right i mean because everybody wants to win the super bowl and so unless you put those things together i think i think it infects a lot of things is my point it's almost with this team you you you, you don't have to i mean you have to maybe look at starting over i mean you still I, mean, I don't. I don't know. I think there's going to be so many decisions. You know, to your point about beating the, you know, the the Eagles. I mean, that's a huge game, and they got to get past San Francisco. But um, I mean, a lot of guys that are going to be playing this weekend against the 49ers aren't going to be here next year. And yeah, I think right. you really have to ask yourself. I mean, we talk about Mike McCarthy, but look at who you need. You consider bringing back. I mean, you're going to bring back Zeke. I mean, that's a guy that's making a ton of money. I mean, you look at the offensive line, guys like Tyron Smith, is he going to be able to play another healthy season? I mean, you're going to have to, you know, have him have, have him take a cut pay. Defensive side of the ball, I mean, there's so many guys. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, has not, regardless of what 
everyone wants to say. I mean, he's a guy that has to make a, a lot of plays to validate the money. I mean, so there's a lot of questions to ask. Not only the fact that they can't play with effort and just this whole perplexing season under this pandemic, or, you know, just crazy year. I think there's a lot of questions that are going to have to be addressed, not just tanking and a draft pick, but what are you going to do with the players you have on this team now? You know what the Cowboys need, Tony? You ever have like, um, like the family, not family meeting, but like, it's like you and your wife or like whatever, like at some point in your life, your family or somebody, you got, you sat at the dinner table till like 2 a.m. figuring crap out. You know what I'm saying? Like those are the most like serious conversations you ever have in your you life. Have, yeah. You got a state of the union. Movie, man. Right. <laughs> and that's what the Cowboys need like that. And I'm talking, it's that, that talk that's like everyone's in their pajamas. You know what I mean? And, and they're like, you know, you're having this conversation and, and it's like, you're making the most serious decisions you're ever going to make about your life. That's what the Cowboys need to do over the offseason. I know that Mike McCarthy had the sleepover with, with Jerry Jones. And like, I don't mean that literally in this case, um, but oh, that's, a like, bad, that's a, that's a bad vision right there, man. I just like, it. <laughs> well, that's what, but like th that, this, this can no longer be this, this job, right? This, this has to become for the Cowboys an obsession. This has to become their every waking moment because there's a lot broken that needs to be fixed. And and whether you get the fifth overall pick or not, that singular asset is not enough to fix this. I do think, um, I, I thought it was interesting talking, uh, man, I'm forgetting who I was speaking to now about this. Um, it was a great point, so apologies. Uh, but I was having a conversation last week. Um, oh, it was Matt with, with Matt Minich from uh, Cincy Jungle. I jumped mm -hmm. on the Cincy Jungle podcast. And he made a great point that, the Cowboys are kind of in line to maybe be coaching up in the senior bowl. And obviously, you know, the scene, did you go to the senior bowl? You didn't, right? No, I didn't. Right. Um, I'll but, out. Right. Well, you didn't, if you're going to be the second overall pick, you don't need to go to the senior bowl. Oh, yeah, I was very fortunate. <laughs> uh, but, um, but obviously it's an important time, right. For a lot of people, players and coaches and evaluators and scouts and things like that. And so, I mean, being a, on being the coaching staff in the senior bowl goes a long way. We saw the Cowboys were, were the coaching staff in 2016 that, that they drafted Dak Prescott. Granted, he was on the opposite team, uh, but still an important, you know, sequence. And so if the Cowboys are the senior bowl coaching staff this year, in, in a, in a draft, I know last year's draft, that was when the pandemic hit and it got complicated, but this, it seems like entire draft. And I know the vaccines rolling out and we'll see God willing how our world changes, but, it does seem like a majority of this draft process is going to take place in the times that we are living in, certainly far from normal. And so, you know, even while it might not be the same interaction as a normal senior bowl staff has with its roster, being on the staff this year might be more valuable than ever, just because you're going to get to have more conversations with these guys than, than you would because everything's going to happen in a social distance way and in Zoom and over all that stuff. Uh, yeah, and, and I think really, you know, the Mike McCarthy, He's, you know, being able to have to assume this team as a head coach under these conditions could be a little challenging because I think we've seen, you know, other coaches really be able to, you know, I make a, a better transition when it comes to doing all these Zoom meetings and everything, more right. technology and everything. And I think maybe that, uh, you know, coming off a year of not getting away from football and not watching any football, uh, you got to. You know, you got to recharge your battery and just kind of get ready for the, you know, just the grind of what a head coach goes through. But I mean, top, you know, considering everything we've gone through, the communication pandemic, 
Um, I just think, you know, it, it comes down to the, the general manager and under the conditions of this team, and that's not going to change. There's, there's a lot of different – and when you say hard decisions, I don't know how hard that's going to be. I, yeah. I don't know how that's going to – I don't know how that's going to present itself to this franchise. I, I I would say because I don't know how they handle those type of things. Because you got to get over the fact that you paid all these guys his money, and you want to you want to prove yourself right. And I think sometimes that gets in your own way because you're like so gung ho, like I'm paying this guy, and look, I want to see it through, and yet you you wait to see it through, and this puts sets you back even longer, RJ. So. Collectively, I think there's going to be a lot of decisions to be made, especially when your team has really uh, gone through this really bad adversity season. Um, it will be fascinating to see how the coming months unfold. Um, very quickly, 49ers this week. They're back. It's a normal week, at least. You know, I mean, back to normal, finish on a Sunday, get Keep ready for a Sunday. Crossed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so I have to imagine it will be fun for you to see. This is the best uniform matchup in the NFL. Um, and so it, it will be fun, I hope. Um, you know, it will certainly be interesting, I think. Who wins, Cowboys or Niners? I'm going to go with the 49ers. Yeah, I think too. that, uh, yeah, I, I just – I mean, Cincinnati was is, was a bad comparison. I mean, you look at the team. But I did, I did like the Cowboys being rock bottom against a run. <laughs> They barely, I mean, they, the Cincinnati barely got over a C note. So, um, but I, I think it's, it's going to be a closer. I think it's going to be a closer game, but I just, uh, I think the 49ers win this one. I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead. Well, we used to do our predictions, but I'll, for right now, I'm going to say the 49ers win this game. Me too. Well, um, Tony. And can congrats. I say this? You, you said something about the vaccine. Wasn't it great to see those vaccines arrive? different hospitals throughout the world and see people getting vaccinated and where we can just hopefully move on one day where you and I are and everyone else is getting back to some normalcy in life. So it was great it was, seeing that. It was a really great moment for humanity, yeah. right? Like the, like the power of the human spirit is, is an amazing thing. And obviously it's been a long year, but uh, certainly an incredible leap in the right direction, God willing. Um, can I tell you so, what I like my, what I love in my oatmeal? It's a laundry oh. list. Uh, blueberries, peanut butter, oh. added sugar. Yeah, man, I got to go with the blueberries. No, no mean, brown peanut, sugar? Peanut butter. No, no brown, brown sugar, man. I got the brown sugar right here. <laughs> That's a great note to end on. Uh, everybody, have a, yourselves a great week. We'll see you next Tuesday. This was the 750.